And the Maifa boys are back again. Um, nice sunny sunny day in Macedon. Um, and I'm joined by Callum Campbell from the depths of the heart, looking like he's in um, Al Stewart's dungeon. <laughs> hey, hello. And we are I'm also... Safe. <laughs> and we're also joined by the Little River Ronaldo, Jesse Farmer, all the way from Melbourne. Hi, boys. Uh, it's great to be here. And, you know, it's it's one of those items on the bucket list you've got to tick off in my life podcast. <laughs> so uh, what a moment and just happy to be here. <laughs> so we'll get, we'll get straight into it. Um, and the traditional get the guests to tell me how they're going. CC, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, so um, I've had a had a bit of a road bump. Um, I was feeling great on Sunday morning. I'd picked Jared Bowen uh, actually a couple of weeks ago, a couple of game weeks ago. And uh, Grant had a barbecue on Sunday, showed up to the barbecue. I was absolutely cock-a-hoot, saying things like, you know, Wilson might have to give, give his dad some, uh, some moral support. Uh, <laughs> I was in control. I, was, I had like uh, four players to play and he had two and I was up by four or something like that. And uh, yeah, Harry Kane didn't deliver again. And I've lost two on the bounce. First time this season. Not feeling good about it. Tough. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm really looking for a rebound. Whoever's playing me this week, uh, <laughs> look out. Look out. Yeah. <laughs> So you're in that you're in you're sitting there in the B League with me. I had a um I had a win turned into a loss with Smith Rowe not entering the field, so my opposition had Mankillo come off the bench for five. Oh. What the fuck? <laughs> so a, a two point win turns into a, a one point loss, but <sighs> those are the breaks, I guess. We were getting a bit of a gap at the top five there, and then now it's come back. It's all come back, yeah. Jared Jared hanging out at the top of the B League there. But mm. um it's just little boys talking there. Let's um let's go to one <laughs> of the big boys and Jesse. How are you tracking, mate? It's 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 been a pretty good season. Um, I mean, I lost to Willie uh, on the weekend, and you know we had a good talk about it. We talked it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Emotional. It was it was really like it was just one of those classic games which both of us did our best to lose, and um, he had a similar situation <laughs> where he had um, Smith Rose, so Antonio came off the bench and. <sighs> I was I was um I was praying for a Arsenal clean sheet because I had uh, been White and Ramsdale, so it was it was two versus one, um, but uh, you know Everton decided to score two goals and uh, crush crush those dreams. So um no, it was a deserved deserved uh, loss. And yeah, so far the season's been pretty good. Um, the Super League's just full of guns. Um, it's just like dodging bullets every week. So um, I, I've sort of said to Callum a few times along along the course of the season that you just got to bank the three points. Uh, every time you can, because you never know when they'll come in handy. You might go on a really shit uh, losing streak and you need as many points in the bank as you can get. Would you say, Jesse, that the um, the commentator's reaction to um, Demario Gray's goal <laughs> uh, matched yours at the same time? Uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, no, it's definitely uh, on the same level of euphoria, that's for sure. <laughs> who, was, who was on comms? It obviously wasn't Drury. No, it was, it was Tyler when the, <sighs> um, when the uh, Biomag, or sorry, the, the Deer Velvet kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> he had an extended, extended orgasm, I think it was. He did. <laughs> he did. Um, and I guess we, um, we've got you on the pod, Jesse. Partly, um, so you're our second guest after our first, 
first guest had a crack last podcast out, Dan Parker. Um, he was surprised at the lack of reaction from the boys, but I did, um, I sharing a car ride with him back from another Central Stags victory on the weekend. And I did say that Jesse was coming on the pod and was going to, going to respond in kind. So I guess, um, how do you respond to the accusations that were leveled at you? And also not only with Dan, um, <laughs> Grant Rewe constantly accusing you of being a man of faith. <laughs> um, I'd say I'm more of a man of faithful feel good science. Um, and <laughs> I think it was Mia Khalifa who once said, you know, you come at the chest, you come at the chest, you best not miss. And it was also Chico Ropata who said, what's all that shit? What's all that about? <laughs> and um, that's, kind of the re- that's the kind of reaction I sort of felt when I, <laughs> I, I tuned into the last pod and, and uh, I thought about licking my wounds, but uh, instead oh, I've actually received today from the board of directors a, um, a club statement um, from uh, what a moment of see straight from the Kodak arena. So I'll just quickly read that out. So um, everyone <laughs> sort of understand, understand a bit of feel of the club right now. Official so, statement. Um, official statement. Yeah. So um, as listeners may recall, Parker said last Last pod, <laughs> Automoment FC, not hot thumbs down. This time last year, I heard Riri on the podcast singing Farmer's praises about his performance in the championship, about how he was definitely going to hit 2,400 points, how he was going to smash all the records, and then over the second half of the season, we just saw a gradual collapse from him. And I'm definitely predicting a repeat in the Super League this year, end quote. <laughs> Automoment Football Club, in brackets, Wham FC, was left dizzy by the comments made by Dan Parker, manager of the Naki Juniors in the last morning. <laughs> As a newly promoted side with a short history, we'd like to issue the following statement. <clears throat> like a statement say, within a statement. <laughs> <laughs> all we can say is it's an honour to be called out by such a successful manager at the top of his game. How on earth is a club like Wham living rent-free, Dan Parker said. <laughs> Friend of the club, Poison, once said, every rose has its thorn. <laughs> Well, maybe Double Dan is the Moafa Pep. He's a perfectionist. He looks at his league tables and he counts one, 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 and then there's a two. That two's in the Super League right now. And actually needs to scratch. He wants to complete the set and get that one for total domination. And to do that, he needs Wham to get the fuck out of the way or face becoming collateral. Is there any truth to Dan's analysis? Yes, of course. Mistakes were made. <laughs> In the B-League, there's no top eight final series and our manager certainly experienced a drop in performance over the second half of last season, partly to do with naively playing his chips too early. He learnt the hard way that if you play those chips early and you don't get the good returns, combine that with some poor decisions and you will eventually get run down and overtaken by the big dogs, those real experienced and engaged Moafa veterans at the business end of the season. Our manager used to live by the motto, never finish on chips. Well, he's... (laughs) Well, he's since admitted he was wrong all along. You can, in fact, have the steak sandwich first, then have the chips, then get back on the piss. <laughs> That's the learning we all took into this season. Wham FC wishes Dan Parker and the juniors all the best the rest of the season. Statement ends. <laughs> wow. wow. A lot to unpack there. A lot to unpack. I mean, a, a bit of forward defence by the club, I think. Um, uh, you know, obviously the manager didn't have too much of a say in that statement. Um, but... Uh, you know, that's, that's, sorry, the clubs. The clubs obviously taken it as a sign of respect, and I mean, and, and you know, all power to them. <laughs> it's clear that the club uh, backs their manager. Yeah, the club backs their manager. I mean, you know, working as one. I mean, the rewe session's not here, so you know, I did dive into the numbers, and I mean, 
at a quick glance, I mean, the juniors have had seven seasons um, of, you know, high-level <laughs> performance, high-level performance. I mean, we're talking an average rank of 23K over seven seasons. You know, what am I in FC? This is the third season. The fir- first season uh, doesn't count, which was uh, 376 <laughs> points, <laughs> where I started in like game week 28 or something. Um, <laughs> but my average rank is 703K. So, I mean, we're in different stratospheres. So, I mean, my question, my question to Dan is, what's he worrying about what a moment FC for? I think there's, I think there's more to come on this. This is a developing story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's a developing story, I, I hope it's covered by Dan Parker. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not the rivalry expected, but it's the one we deserve. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Mia, so. Mia Khalifa quote really just uh, set me off. <laughs> From the start. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thanks for that, Jesse. And I think we'll um, we'll quickly move into our key discussion point for the week before we move into into questions and comments. And I think this was um this this key this key talking point came came from you, Jesse and and Willie, and sort of how talking about how hard it is to be patient this season. So like not for jumping from bandwagon to bandwagon. We've had some bandwagons that have worked with like Emile Smith Rowe. But at what point at what point do you need to just jump on? And what point do you hold off and see what happens? It's all that it's sort of all about that patience. So it'd just be good to get good to get your views. And I'll probably start with you, Jesse, as one of the one of the originators of the, the question. Yeah. Well, yeah. So when Willie and I are having a quick chat about this um and I feel like the reason why we wanted to talk about it was I'm, I'm sure there are other guys um, across the across the two leagues in the championship who must be um, thinking the same, guys and girls, of course. Um, it's it's that kind of feeling that you know if you go if there's if there's two uh, directions you can go in at the moment when you make a choice, you can get punished 15 points or 20 points if you don't go in the right direction. And I don't know about you guys, but I just don't seem to recall it being that aggressive last season. Um, uh, so the variance is quite punishing. And the other thing about that as well is that the bandwagon picks, and, you know, as a recovered bandwagon, bandwagoner, I can uh, attest to this. <laughs> um, the bandwagon picks are like, you know, the really obvious picks just keep going. It's like Lingard from last year. It's like Smith Rowe. Like, I mean, the wild cards at game week eight, I think um, DP actually mentioned that last pod. You know, if you chose certain players on that wild card, like Smith Rowe, and you just stuck with them, you didn't change, you're going to be up like, 30, 40 points on the rest of us just because you stayed with a, a person who banged versus, say, a person who just didn't, like a, a Son versus a Kane. So I thought I'd throw it out to you boys to see what you thought as well because it does feel like this year it's like, you know, how long do you wait to get a Smith Rowe on your team because he keeps doing the damage? So you see? Yeah, I, I feel like... Uh... There, there has been this sort of situation every year, but it does feel like there's more players that could go on that uh, Smith Rowe type run. My my best season I got on Sanchez early, and that's the kind of thing that you're talking about that that pushed me up quite high. Um, but this year it's like Smith Rowe. I think the Chelsea defence, particularly Reese James, if you had him at some point early on, you just skyrocketed. Um, and it seems like now it could be a City player, could be a United player, could be a West Ham player. At this point, it's kind of fertile. So 
it's kind of, yeah, it's really hard. I don't actually know how you kind of manage that. It's almost like you've got to just take a gamble and hope that you're right. Or, I don't know, maybe those uh, more scientific managers will like to think that they can break it down and, and get an answer. Uh, I'm not really one of those, so not really sure. It feels like, it feels like sometimes logic has sort of gone out the window, though. Like, so, mm. like, with Kane, Kane was a logical pick. Um, Spurs had good fixtures, even Son and like Son, Shaw's delivered the last two games he's played, but that's two games when you, I've carried him for like four or five weeks, and one of those weeks he didn't play there's a good chance he doesn't play this week and then you have like Smith Rowe who actually, he like when you look at it, isn't, shouldn't be a big point scorer. No, he was actually um, before before this run, he was talked about as a um, as, as needing goals in his game yeah, yeah, and some of those goals themselves were kind of fortuitous. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but, stuff, stuff like that. Like Bernardo Silva, who's just outperforming all the statistics around him. And then you've had th- situations where, like, everyone jumps on Foden because he looks like he's in good form, and then falls off a cliff. Mm. Um, mm. Everyone brought in Alonso on the back of Ben Chilwell's injury, and Chelsea have, not surprisingly, with a bad defender in their backline, stopped being a good defensive team. It's um, yeah, I feel, I feel like um, the injuries and the rotation and everything's like come to a perfect storm, and now with with COVID as well, it's just gonna be, it's gonna be a bit like the Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think actually what it, it suits is someone who doesn't overcomplicate their transfers and literally just looks at who did well last week and they just yeah. it. and and we'll like, take the hits, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like with with Bernardo Silva, like you know, if you like if if you if you love playing FBL and you sort of dive into it a bit more, you're thinking, oh, but you know, is Gundogan going to come back or is De Bruyne going to come back from his injury? And you're thinking about all these things. And somebody who doesn't really give a shit about all that just goes on to the FBL website and goes, oh, Bernardo Silva had a great week last week. I'm going to bring him in. Yeah, and and that's what I'm saying about obvious picks. It's like it's really punishing because if people pick those, then your rank and wherever you are in the table just gets destroyed because you're not picking yeah. the obvious bits. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, th- I think like the next, so obviously there's going to be some impact of COVID and then you've got the African nations cup. So Salah goes, Mane goes. So obviously the, the, the obvious moves are Yota bringing Yota in, but maybe Liverpool aren't as effective as a team with, those two mm. players missing it's hard to tell it's because players aren't just interchangeable as well you take out Salah who's the best player definitely the best player in the Premier League at the moment possibly the best player in the world and replace him with Yota and Firmino because Firmino's been out of the team it's not going to be the exact same team mm. Liverpool so, played well because of Salah yeah and their effectiveness is individually is is partly because of the players around them the system they they're in and stuff. So yeah, so mm. I think um, it's that interchangeability isn't really there. And then you have things like where Rafinha did fuck all for weeks and people held him, and then he he returns, and then doesn't return this coming week. And then it turns out Bamford might have injured him scoring, which probably affects Rafinha again. Mm. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> It's a tough one, and like personally, I held off getting Yotta for longer than I should have, and it possibly hurt me in overall rank. And it's just things like that. I think you're what you what you said before, CC's bang on though. There's so many options. 
and I'm, I guess what I'm saying is that I guess there used to be, at least in my memory, like a few good, a few obvious options and then a whole wide of almost options. And yeah, at the moment, yeah. it feels like there's a lot of obvious options. So it's like you can't fit Smithrow and Bowen and, and Gundogan and Bernardo Silva and Son and you can't fit them all in. Yeah. And, if, and, you know, if your uh, Bernardo Silva gets three this coming week and you've got Son and you get, you know, 15... Look how many points you just got uh, massacred by. It's, it's, it's insane. Yeah, it's, <laughs> those guys sitting, particularly in the midfield, those guys sitting between six and eight million are the ones who are actually actually mm. doing the damage. And it's bizarre because, as you say, those are the interchangeable players where you're not, everything you get from them is normally a bonus, not, not the key driver for your, mm. your points totals. That was kind of the kind of return that you'd expect from a 10, 10 plus sort okay. of value player. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now you can get those from six to eight. Like Lukaku and Ronaldo are in the league. And at one stage, everyone was talking, oh, shit, it might be a three-striker season. Like, we've been running, like, Jimenez and Kang and Wilson and Tony and yeah. people like that. It's just, yeah, it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Parker's at the door. <laughs> Um, so right. I, th- I think some of that, these questions. Yeah, yeah. So let's dive into these questions, and we'll save. Um, uh, we'll save the first question. Um, well, actually, here comes back, Jesse. Sorry, we just had a little interruption. Someone at the door or something, Jesse. Yeah, Joan hasn't got a spare set of keys, so uh, yeah. It's live, live TV, live recording. It's, <laughs> live just, TV. TV. it's a studio show. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll just dive into these questions now. Um, so what? Is, so Wilson's basically on the back of his um, losing players with injury and um, only just getting over the line this week. He sort of asked, asked the question saying, what's each of the panel's absolute worst FPL tale from either this season or past where you just want to smash the TV in anger from what is sheer dumb fucking luck against you? And we'll kick off with you, CC. Um, I'm not sure I really have an answer for this. I can't think of something that was really just like that I felt super aggrieved by. I did just take out um, Tierney after thinking he was going to come back into the team for about three weeks and took him out for Tavares, or Tavash, I think it's pronounced. Um, And, yeah, so that was pretty shit. (laughs) But that's probably, I I feel that that's kind of... uh, not that grieving. It's just like I will. I, I will come back to you because I want you to. Um, you can. You were there when Wilson had probably his worst FPL day ever. So we can we can talk about <laughs> that as one of the best examples of this. But anything from you, Jesse, and um, we'll just not talk about how you triple captained someone on your first day of the season a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, like if I'd done that a year later, it would have been an absolute masterstroke. But um, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Um, I think I seem to think there was possibly the first season that I joined later on. I feel like I triple captain Mane, and I feel like that's gone down in sort of like um, FPL folklore because I think a lot of the people that were, you know played this game for like 10, 15 years, I think they, it was the same game week that a lot of people triple captain Mane, and he got injured in like thirty minutes in. <laughs> 
And um, at the time, I didn't realize how much of an absolute disaster it was. I was like, oh, there goes my triple captain. <laughs> <laughs> On to the next chip. Um, but yeah, that was pretty bad. I mean, just a side note, a friend, of, uh, I was in a draft comp last year and uh, this guy had Calvert Lewin and he got a hat trick and he just traded him for Son with this other bloke. And he was absolutely giving it to this guy about Calvert Lewin and a hat trick. <laughs> It was the same weekend that Son scored four goals. And <laughs> so it was, a real, it was a real lesson and don't go early. You know, like this guy was just absolutely crowing about how good Calvert Lewin was and then Son just absolutely destroyed him. So Amazing. Yeah. Um, I have, I have um, one and I can't remember. It must have been the, I think it was either, I think it might have been the 11-12 season. And um, I missed out on the finals by um, I think it was one point and I lost my final game week because I had um, Alcaraz and I think he played for Wigan and I just needed him to basically get through 60 minutes and it'd be fine and I think on about the 65th minute he got himself a red card (laughs) and the worst part was he wasn't even in my starting lineup he'd come off the bench (laughs) (laughs) oh no Um, but we'll just Alcaraz We'll just quickly touch on um, the Matt Wilson event of his relegation, Callum. And you were there, and I think mm. you just talk us through it. Yeah, so it was West Brom. I can't remember who they were playing, to be honest. And uh, maybe Spurs. And Wilson had Wilson's opponent had Craig Dawson in his team. So he was feeling pretty good about it, or relatively good. I like guess he had a terrible season. And um, we were watching the game, and it was real tight. And then, you know, I was just busting for the toilet. Um, at that stage, we lived on this two, actually, triple, triple tiered house. We're in the middle level. I went downstairs and I'm just on the toilet and then I hear this, fuck! <laughs> is it Dino's? Yeah. This, this is at Dino's, yeah. 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 Um, I'm just downstairs and from the level above me, this, fuck! And <laughs> come back upstairs and uh, Craig Dawson had scored. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we got relegated as a result. Oh, man. Brutal. It was, it was kind of like, you know, those things where it's kind of funny, but it's also not. So you kind of, yeah, it's a, in between. Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. So we'll move on to the next question. This one's from Dan Parker. And he's asking, um, who do you think is currently the most overrated FPL asset? So we'll start with you, Jesse. Uh, I think I actually reckon Joel Cancelo. I'm gonna I'm gonna mm. throw it up here. I, he is the absolute darling of the FPL sphere because of what he could do. But I think he just doesn't. He does like I feel like everyone thinks he's like Reese James has done more in his games than I feel like Joel Cancelo has. And I know that we've got a small sample size because James didn't get much um, game time last season, but the way that James has played this season is kind of what everyone thinks Cancelo is, but he, but he doesn't do that. Like apart from a, maybe one d- double digit haul, or I think maybe at max two, he, he often just ticks along with sixes or sevens. If not, you know, recently, obviously they keep giving away stupid goals. So he just comes back with a one or a two. And if you had another defender from another team that is banking clean sheets, you're going to be four, five points up on Cancelo in the last few weeks. So, I mean, I really like him. He's in my team because I know that, you know, if he goes off, he should go off. But is that eventual 15, 16 pointer that might come in game week 36? 
actually worth it when you've already lost all those other points to other other players? That's that's my my question. How about you, CC? Most overrated fantasy asset? Uh, for me, it's Rafinha. Absolutely, Rafinha. I've watched people have him for weeks. Jesse, I think you've had him for weeks. And um, I've just been like, why? The guy, <laughs> I think, I feel like he's needed to have Bamford playing um, in order to make him better, possibly. And I think I saw he scored six goals or something. One of them was... Uh, a penalty at the It was end his of the game. last return, yeah, it was a penalty. Yeah, well, he got a goal against Leicester, one against Norwich. Um, six goals isn't bad, but it's just like, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's because he's been, he was quite hyped up from last year, and the fact that maybe, maybe the hype, maybe he's come back a bit. You talk like a man who hasn't had to sit through many matches of Leeds. Um, throughout the season and actually watch some of the <laughs> abomination that they call football at the moment. Um, he's, the only, he's the only guy on the pitch who can create anything and no one else can finish it. And it was the same last season, actually. He, right. he created even more last season and nobody could finish it. In fact, multiple times, even Banford wasted his chances. So the hype is more about the fact that if that guy gets put into a better team, which he probably will next season, he's an absolute weapon, but it's just that, you know, leads let him down a lot. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. From a from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, exactly. From fantasy points, he, he doesn't give you enough. I'm, I've, mm. I've moved him on mm. this week, so. He doesn't yeah. give you enough versus what his actual skill level is. Yeah, I think, um, and I think probably the last, the last option here is Tony, who... Mm. I had him in my team and he kept going up in price and he kept getting no returns and it was just it was just riding that profit wave but actually doing fuck all. So I moved him and he's done a little bit but I think Brentford have a sort of look about them. They could get sucked right into the right yeah. into the, the shit. And Buemo was, uh, <sighs> was awful for me for <laughs> weeks. It scarred me, yeah. And then I took him out last week and he bloody returned. They, he's need, one of- they need more goals. And he he's, goals, I think. he's one of those guys that you read the analysis and it sort of makes sense. It's like, well, if he didn't hit the post so many times, he'd have more goals. And yeah, um, right. and then it's like, yeah, but the reason he hits the post all the time is he's probably that not that good at finishing. I saw, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw, I saw, I saw another one. It was talking about Alonso, and it was like, oh, he put in fifteen crosses, but they all missed the intended target. So if he starts getting those on target, I'm like, well, if he hits fifteen and he's not getting them on target, he's probably that not that good at crossing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. good. Uh, yeah. So we'll move on to last few, well, a few questions. We've got about eight or nine minutes left. So, I mean, G was clearly on the source and chucked through a lot of questions. Um, so we'll just pick and choose some of his. Um, Not many integrity-based questions. No, no. A, lot of, a lot of personal digs, which is unsurprising, really. Um, quick question for you, <laughs> Jesse Farmer. Why not revert back to the old tried-and-true farmer tactic of just players <laughs> you've heard of, regardless of whether or not they're legitimate fantasy options? Really, last year, when Fantasy Sports Group had a shake-up in the off-season <laughs> and um, the throw-in-the-towel coach got sacked and after a good start in uh, game week one last season, um, I decided to give it a bit more of a crack because I'd never been, I'd never had a good start before. Um, so that got me more engaged last season and I decided to actually start, uh, you know, trying to put a better account of myself and not triple captain Salah game week one. Um, so I think, you know, now that I actually know who the players are, it's easy for me to pick them, I guess, is my answer, GR. 
Um, <laughs> and I just, I just, just drawing from the um, top of my mind, I think you tell G up a little bit in NRL this season. So maybe, maybe you're the one who should be giving lessons. It could be fair to say. Do you think, do you think G needs to have some respect here? <laughs> my, I, all I can say to G, G is my DMs are always open. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we'll dive into um, one from Michael Roberts and he says looking at Matt Rowe as an example what does the panel think about a mid-season team rebrand can everyone get an effect similar to the new manager bounce with the strategy um, as as someone who lost to him in the cup last week CC I'll probably open the floor to you first yeah I, I said to him I said to him the um, name change has been really good for his branding uh, because obviously Cock Roaches Matt Rowe um, uh, you've been roached is one one thing he said, uh, and he's called himself Little Roach as well. <laughs> uh, so the branding is really is really expanded beyond just the name. Um, maybe it's given him a little bit of a pep in his step. He's he's coming third in the Dinos. He's been he's been struggling in the Dinos Championship, um, so possibly. But I would have to say Mangaraki Town is is iconic, and I can't really see can't really see a name change. Um, I mean, I don't know why he changed from that, really. I mean, it's not for everyone, but it worked for Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> what do you say to that? <laughs> you, can't, you can't say nothing. Um, uh, that we'll answers dive... your question, Robert. <laughs> We'll dive into Ian had a couple. I the first one I didn't do any research. I don't know if you boys, um, you might know from feeling like you've been robbed by someone. But who has been the luckiest so far this season with small win margins and points coming from the bench? I did a quick look uh, on the in the B League. There wasn't that many, um, but Jesse Hutton of Axis Axis FC is perhaps the unluckiest. Um, ninth in the championship, but seventh in the B League, lost by one twice and by two once, and then one by one once and one draw. Oh, that's tough. That's pretty rough. Yeah, Is there anyone? It's, it's a tough. It's really tough because, like in the in the Super League, like you know, there's quite a few teams that have won by two or three points on a few occasions, but. It's like, I can't really say it's lucky because it's like, you know, like, it's like, unless you dive into their full game week schedule and be like, you know, and, and also the bench question was really hard that he, he threw mm. out as well, because yeah. you can't just see what the team was before the, the player came on, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I think, I don't think anyone's been particularly lucky, but I think uh, what you said, CC, there's a few unlucky um, uh, teams, I'm, I'm sure, but I just couldn't, yeah, couldn't pick them out. And I also don't want to pick anyone out because when FC's got enough battles, <laughs> <laughs> Can't have too many rivals right now. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna take one of Ian's other questions, and it, he's asking how many bench fodders is too many bench fodders. And I'm gonna say this season, probably any bench fodder is too much bench fodder. You can't afford to carry someone who doesn't take the field because we're about to hit a hit a period where there's an insane amount of games. Um, we're also leading into a season that will then have a World Cup in the middle of it. Um, also with COVID, so it feels like any wasted space on that bench could cost you two points which could cost you one of those lucky or unlucky wins um yeah Tom, i um playing against jared avery 
of uh, ridiculous or rid, ridiculous uh, FC. I thought he was very lucky when I played him because it was kind of like he had three guys who didn't seem like they were going to play. Well, I think actually Duffy came off the bench that week. Yeah. So he got a point there. Um, and I was kind of, yeah, feeling good about it at that point. Um, but got fucked. Yeah, anyway. I think Tom's question kind of ties into what we're talking about at the start. And he said, are the good weeks too good now and the bad weeks too bad compared to season gone by? And does this have a greater effect on the mental health of my for managers? Jesse, yours, please. Oh, I mean, great, great question. Great question, <laughs> uh, first of all. Um, I, I just didn't expect that from Tom Hill, so great stuff. Um, no, that's, it's, I think in short, you just have to just, you know, there's a lot of banter and we all, we, we all uh, give each other a lot of shit, but I think, um, I think everyone will have spells where they have, you know, a shit run and then a good run and a shit run and a good run. And it's just like, you know, as we were just talking about before, the variance, <laughs> the variance is so high right now that, you know, if you lose by a couple of points or, you know, you have a couple of bad game weeks. You just can't take it personally because you can't control this game. <laughs> isn't, that that, uh, isn't it a Ronan Keating quote? Is like, love is a roller coaster. Oh no, life is a roller, <laughs> the roller coaster. coaster. Just got to ride it, ride it. <laughs> <laughs> all night long. <laughs> <laughs> he also said, you say it best when you say nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> Probably going to leave a few questions on the table for this week. Just just running out of time here at um, Budget Zoom headquarters. Um, Can I just answer? There's one that I've put a little bit of thought into. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, the the she said she said new band members. Yeah, oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll end on this. So actually, we'll end on this because we're likely to get cut out at some stage. So. Okay. Um, while we go into this last question, thank you very much for your time, Callum, and thank you very much for your time, Jesse. And we'll uh, leave you, you with the she said, she said deliberations. All right. So quick, quick uh, intros that she said, she said is a band that Jesse and I are in. Um, and I looked at the teams that I first, first one was obvious, Jason Carpenter, the bangers. Uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously would be a good addition. Uh, and then the second one was Craig Shiverton, key to success. Okay to success, sorry. Yeah, and I, I'm going to quickly jump on the back of that, CC, and say Robbo feels like the kind of brooding front man I could write songs for. Um, Garnet could also bring the noise and crowd surf. Deestu would be great to put on the sound desk and supply the guitar pedals. Tom Hill, Tom Hill would be an organised heckler in the crowd. And I've seen, I've seen Ruby Slade on Beatles Rock Band Guitar Hero, so that guy can also be well, I think that, that, that just about winds us up. So, yeah, as I said, thanks, guys. And um, we'll probably be back with one more pod before Christmas, everyone. So cheers for your time. Thank you. See ya.